What's good, football fans? You know, I wanted to come on real quick today and talk about a couple things that are going on with the Washington Redskins. Of course, first on the list would be Quentin Dunbar requesting a trade or to be released. You know, and the first thing that came to mind when I saw this particular story pop up on my timeline was the fact that we, you know, grew this kid up from nothing. Basically, he came in as an undrafted wide receiver. You know, Jay Gruden saw something in him and flipped him over to being a cornerback, and he actually has done well in his progression towards his new position. Now, in the same amount of time, he's also missed quite a few games. The last two seasons, he spent a good portion of, or the end of the season on injury reserve. He has a nerve issue in his leg, and I'm not so certain that that issue is completely gone or completely resolved. I have heard that he is 100% and healthy and ready for a new season, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a red flag to me that the team just got back from a break. They didn't really take that long of one, but they just got back. You know, the last one of the last things that that Bruce Allen was working on was a deal with Quentin Dunbar, an extension. And when Bruce Allen got fired, the extension talks just kind of staled. They ended. At this point, the Redskins, of course, are in full-scale evaluation mode, if you if you would, of their roster and trying to figure out which pieces fit here and there and, you know, trying to figure out who exactly they want to pay and who they don't. My assumption off the top would be to say that Rivera and company are planning on giving Quentin Dunbar an extension, or at least were planning on giving him an extension. Now I'm starting to wonder if maybe they might use him as an example for the new way that the Redskins do things. Now I know some people may stop and say, well, that's not smart because Dunbar could turn into something. And that may be true as well. So I'm not here to try to you know, say which is right or which is wrong. What I'm here to say is, is that I could kind of see their reluctance to want to have to pay him a big, huge contract. Now, taking a look at what his deal actually looks like, you know, he's not exactly set to make a lot of money. So I could understand his side of things, not wanting to go into this year with any kind of guaranteed money at all on the table. I get that completely. The Redskins could get rid of him and not really have to take but like a million dollar um, dead cap hit. And they've already paid him any guaranteed money he was going to see that's, that, the, that the current deal is he's on. So looking at his deal and looking at the fact that if we were to trade him or cut him, it's only going to cost a million dollars. You know, this is a situation where the guy is up to getting a raise. That's for certain. And he definitely deserves it. There's, there's no part of me that would ever say in a million years that, that Dunny doesn't deserve to get paid because he does. But at the same time, on, on like the first or second day that they come back from, you know, break and he's immediately demanding to be traded or released, you know, I, I got to say that I think that they might try to make an example of him. But if they were to choose to pay him, I would think he would get paid somewhere between the nine and twelve million a year area. I mean, Josh Norman makes fifteen million a year. I've already spoke about the fact that he's probably going to get either released or restructured. You maybe released and resigned because Rivera's there. I'm not so certain what's going to happen with Josh yet, but he's definitely not going to make fifteen million next year, which is the second most in the NFL. And Dunbar with his injury issues. 
I don't think is worth that kind of money either. I think in his mind that Dunbar may believe that he can go get that on the open market, and he very well might be able to. Also think that you know maybe there's a there's a part of Dunbar that kind of got used to Jay Gruden's way of doing things, and that's definitely in the past with the Redskins. I got to say this is a situation that I'm going to have to keep an eye on now because if Washington were to trade him, you know what's the top out level that we could get for Dunbar? Would it be like a second? You know he doesn't. Would we have would have to be like a sign and trade? This definitely has moved up the list of things to watch for me this offseason to see what the Washington Redskins are going to do with Quentin Dunbar now. Do they re-sign him? Do they trade him? Could this be the guy that gets us our second-round pick somehow? I, I don't know. You know, Maybe they couple him in a trade with Trent Williams and send them both off. Hopefully, we can get Trent Williams signed. Now, I'm not sure how Ron Rivera is going to handle this particular situation, but it'll be really interesting to see which direction this goes. Another thing that caught my eye over the last week or so, uh, Redskins-related topics, was when Mike Greenberg from ESPN came out and stated something to the fact of um, the Redskins' treatment of Dwayne Haskins is the overall the definition of how to ruin a young player. Now, I'm, I'm taking a look at uh, an article over here on WashingtonTimes.com, but it, it goes on to say something about Greenberg citing former coach Jay Gruden's reluctance in drafting Haskins last year while noting that other teams like the Cleveland Browns put the full weight of the franchise behind their young quarterbacks. And Greenberg goes on to say, It has long been my contention that far more young quarterbacks in the NFL are ruined than developed, and I sincerely hope that hasn't happened to Dwayne Haskins. But if you wanted to look up the perfect method on how to do it, you couldn't have done it any better than they've done it. Greenberg's comments echo those of ESPN analyst Lewis Riddick, who last year sharply criticized the since-departed Gruden for playing Haskins in a Week 4 loss to the New York Giants saying it was a situation set up for failure. Now, the reason why this caught my eye was, first of all, I really don't see the relation between his comments and Lewis Riddick's. Lewis Riddick was talking about Jay Gruden setting the man up for failure, period. Um, Greenberg is now talking about the organization and how they've handled things. I don't normally pay any attention to what Mike Greenberg says, but when he blasts the organization for something like that, I think that's stupid. Now, let's not get it twisted. The situation with Haskins is not the ideal situation that we want with like a new head coach that's quote unquote married to a football player. In other words, you know, they grabbed them in the draft of their first year. They're the guy they chose. You know, if the quarterback fails, then the coach fails with him. So I get it that people will say that Haskins is not married to Rivera. And that's a lot of people last year were upset when we took Haskins because they felt like we should not have taken a quarterback with a coach who was going into a year that we all knew he was likely to get fired in. It was a lame duck year. There was absolutely no future for Jay Gruden if he didn't start off, let's say, 4-1 and one last year. And looking at the way that our schedule was, the NFL didn't really do him any favors either. But I have a bit of a problem with, with people. This is still an outside perception issue. Nobody wants to give the team the benefit of the doubt. And I kind of get that because the last 20 years have really left, you know, everything to question. And I wanted to go to some, some Doug Williams quotes. Um, this is an article that was on ESPN last week, I believe, uh, with John Kime. And it goes on to say, Dwayne has a long way to go. But like I told him, 
He was doing what we expected him to do. He was ascending. Hopefully the way he goes now, he keeps going up. All eyes are going to be on him. At the same time, you've got a new coaching staff, and they're not married to him. He's got the ability to do what any coach wants him to do. Dwayne didn't have the opportunity last year where the coaches put their arms around him. He's got to know what we want you to be good. With a new coaching staff coming in and what he did towards the end of the year, he's going to give the new staff an opportunity to say, hey, we need to work with this kid to get the best out of him. Then Doug went on to say, the new staff knows that Dwayne Haskins is the starting quarterback here. The only thing that can happen is for Dwayne to give it back to them. It's up to him to learn the playbook, wear the coaches out. He's got to stay at the facility until they run him out of the building. Keep doing it over and over. Dwayne has got to let them know, I'm here, I'm the leader, this is my team, I'm going to be the starter, and I'll show you why I should be starting. I think that says it all in a nutshell right there. People like Greeny over on ESPN are just going to try to latch on to whatever they see as easy, low-hanging fruit. And with Washington, it is low-hanging fruit to be able to just lurch on to, oh, wait a minute, they're going to mess up with their quarterback. It's, you know, it's a given. The way I look at this whole thing, there's only two ways the Redskins could have done this any different. They could have either, A, started Dwayne Haskins from the opening gate last year, which everybody saw what he brought when he finally got to play against the Giants. He did not look good. So they either, A, could have started him from the opening gate with Gruden as the head coach, which we knew that wasn't going to happen because Gruden was trying to keep his job. Or B, they could have kept him off of the field the entire year. Now, I know there is a crowd out there that would have taken B. But when the season was lost, we really have to ask yourself, did they do the right thing by putting him in? By the end of the year, he looked improved. Now, of course, you take the offensive coordinator and Kevin O'Connell that had worked with him, and you take him away and you put Scott Turner in. But you're putting a head coach in also who has worked with a big, strong-arm quarterback in the past. Now, of course, I believe Cam Newton was, was more of a running quarterback or was looked at as more of a running quarterback in their system, although we all know that Cam threw for 400 yards and all this other stuff. I think Cam was viewed as more of a mobile quarterback, but I could see Rivera trying to do the same things with him, although I think Rivera's thought patterns, at least to start with, the stuff he said during Super Bowl week, was that Haskins reminded him more so of a Ben Roethlisberger type player. Now, obviously, he's not talking about the rings. He's not talking about other stuff. He's talking about the body build and the overall ability to be able to throw on the move and to be able to move the pocket with them. Dwayne appears to be hard to take down. That's what I've noticed. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the lightest on his feet, but he can move around the pocket and recreate and it's not the easiest thing to do to bring him down. Like if you hit him up top, he might be able to roll out of it. And that is comparable to Roethlisberger. And that was something I had said before. And a lot of people kind of were like, wait a minute now, are you saying that he's as good as Roethlisberger? Nobody ever said that. He has a lot of refining to do, and he is still a bit raw. The good part about it is, is this kid wants to prove himself. It's not like he's trying to crawl up in a hole and not prove himself. What will be interesting is to see what the team does in free agency, meaning will they go out if Alex Smith can't play? Will they go out and try to find a quarterback that could actually give Haskins a go for it? I heard one person in the comments the other day mention Teddy Bridgewater. 
I've heard other people mention Phillip Rivers and some other quarterbacks. Now, I know that Phillip Rivers is probably looking at 20 plus million, which I don't think the Redskins would give another guy that kind of money right now with Alex Smith still on the books, even if he doesn't play. He's guaranteed. So the way that I look at all of that has to be dependent on which direction everything goes in. Now, Bridgewater would be a 10 to 15 million you know, a year kind of guy if he steps out there. But I have to believe that Teddy would want more than just a one-year deal. I got to believe it would be more like he would want like a, at least a three-year deal and at least to be able to have a two-year with maybe a team option. And I'm not so certain the Redskins are ready to give that right now with their eyes set on Dwayne Haskins. Now, an idea to maybe keep in the back of your mind might be, would they be willing to draft somebody in like the fourth round, fifth round? Somebody of that nature, you know, they could come in and play back up behind Dwayne because the way you got to look at it is, is they both could be, you know, cheap rookie rookie deals. Just food for thought. Just something to think about. I'm not saying that that's etched in stone and I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. Just something to think about. But that's about all I really got today. Let me know what your opinion is down below in the comments. And if you got a chance to maybe hit that thumbs up on the way out. Hail to the Redskins, y'all. Peace.